Thank you very much, Hannah, um, for that uh, very interesting exposition um, about Asian war sculpture. Our next speaker is <coughs> Alvin Sokomunyan, and uh, she's a contemporary art historian, an art critic based in Paris, a associate professor in art history and at the University of Rennes in Brittany, and um, also taught in Paris. She did her PhD in African-American art history and uh, contemporary artists. And her book, Black is a Color, Contemporary African-American Art, was published in France in 2004, and thankfully for us, translated into English in 2005. For 20 years, she's worked on black American culture, post-colonial studies, North American art, at the turn of the 1970s, um, feminist politics and theories. She's published five books, numerous articles and journals, and exhibition catalogues. And, um, and, and has and uh, presented this work in many countries. Um, her latest work is on a, her first monograph on a Korean-American artist, Therese Hak Kion Che, uh, 1951 to 1982, who worked in the Bay Area in the 1970s. Uh, he did performance, poetry, and video, etc. The title of the book is Therese Hak Kion Che, Berkeley, 1968. It shows very interestingly that uh, the work goes in many different directions. And today she's going to speak to us about, uh, using the Audrey Lord quote, could the master's tools dismantle the master's house? Thank you. Um, hello. I would like to thank first Celeste Hannah and Ben for this invitation and for having organized this symposium in such a wonderful way. I am very honored to be here today. When I first read the brief summary Celeste has sent me after I requested further information on the content of the symposium, I thought I might try to refer to a new case study to respond to the symptomatic questions which concern our field of research. Then, in January, I proposed the following abstract. Working on African-American art as contemporary art historian means, in any case, to face the racial context inherited from the history of slavery. Almost no publication on visual art practices since the civil rights movement's awareness would avoid mentioning the genealogy of the black identity within a colonial history which includes the slave experience. What could be emphasized here is the recurrence of paradigms, home, shelter, name, memory, and freedom, which are like both metaphors and milestones in the construction of a critical and post-colonial theory of art. Looking back at what were the new shifts which occurred in the black diaspora inside the global international art world, since Okwi and Vezos Documenta 11 in 2002, the question raised today could therefore be, recalling allegorically Audre Lorde's famous statement, could the master's tools dismantle the master's house? I did not know then how I was going to proceed 
to answer this question and if it was an adequate way to sync this global international art world when we consider work produced by artists from African descent. Because the possibility of visualizing slavery was in the title of the symposium, I sought this reference to Audre Lorde with a text the author pronounced in 1979 in New York addressing a white feminist audience and which I often quote in my classes and um, my seminars would make sense. The master's house could be the image of the mainstream art institutions and the master's tools would be then those used by artists to deconstruct the usual approach to the art market. The method I therefore decided to follow was a little experimental, but I enjoyed it as I was going through unknown paths. To choose this famous statement as a guiding line was also a way to understand in through the syntax Audre Lorde herself experienced in her poetry. In an essay published in Kalalu in 2003, Lexi Rudinsky focuses on Lorde's syntactical strategies with the examples of two of her poems, Power and Sekiliae. I quote, Lorde privileged poetry over other forms of expression because she believed that poetry alone had the ability to create a new language which would, in turn, make possible a new social order. This new social order would reside in what she famously dubbed the House of Difference, a community that celebrates differences and derives its creative potential from diversity. Lord's House of Difference stands in direct contrast to what she calls the Master's House which is built on exclusion, exploitation, and conformity. For Lord, who taught English at the university level, the decision to subvert grammatical conventions was conscious and beyond that, political. As black people, she argued, we are tutored to function in a structure that already existed, but that does not function for our good. Third, she implicitly establishes a connection between political structures and discursive ones. Seen in this light, her well-known aphorism, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house, directly informs her poetry. Since the master's rules include the use of conventional syntax, her poetry seeks to create new syntactical structures to accomplish the revolutionary work that she sets out for it. To free herself from the master's house and to inhabit, inhabit the house of difference, Audrey Lord changes the inner structure of the language she uses. During the research I have done to prepare this paper, I met several references to Audrey Lord's aphorism, and one was quite interesting for our subject as it concerned Harriet Jacobs' narrative. In an essay by Martha Cutter called Dismantling the Master's House, Critical Literacy in Harriet Jacobs' Incident in the Life of a Slave Girl, published in 1996, also in Kalalu, she, we can read the following. In striving to move beyond the master tool, master's tools, Jacobs demonstrates her attainment of what educational theorists 
Paulo Freer and Donaldo Macedo have called critical literacy. According to Macedo and Freer, individuals who are critically literate can begin quote, transforming the social and political structures that imprison them in their culture of silence. Literacy in that sense is not simply reading the words, but reading the world. A literacy also involves transforming the world. Literacy becomes a vehicle by which the oppressed are equipped with the necessary tools to reappropriate the history, culture, and language practices. Applying Frears and Macedo's concept of critical literacy to incidents in the life of a slave girl demonstrates that for slave narrators like Harriet Jacobs, the real struggle is not learning to read and write the word, but learning to read and write the world. Critical literacy involves an understanding of how language practices have functioned to keep slaves disempowered, imprisoned in a culture of silence. But critical literacy also involves an attempt to transform the structures of oppression, not simply to replicate the master's house, but to dismantle it. My main field of research is not literature, and I'm not a specialist, but these examples uh, helped me to define the direction I wanted to follow here and to establish a parallel between the structures of art institutions and the structures of language, when the idea is to evoke the possibility to dismantle them. The metaphor of the house is also a very interesting one when displaced in the context of contemporary art. I think we could say that what African-American visual artists have done in a revolutionary way in the last 25 years with and within the mainstream art world is a similar process than this done in literature by a key figure like Audre Lorde. She changed, she changed the structure from the inside, so do they. When Okwi and Vezor curated the Documenta 11 in Kassel in 2002, he was one of his statements. What is an avant-garde today? The post-colonial aftermath of globalization and the terrible nearness of distant places. In post-coloniality, he says, we are incessantly offered counter-models through which the displaced those placed on the margin of the enjoyment of full global participation, fashion new worlds by producing experimental cultures. By experimental cultures, I wish to define a set of practices whereby cultures evolving out of imperialism and colonialism, slavery and identity compose a collage of reality from the fragments of the collapsing space. Ten years later, for the Paris Triennale, his main focus is again the terrible nearness of distant places. He writes in the catalogue, in the introduction of the catalogue, the curatorial proposal of intense proximity, which was the title of the Paris Triennale, begins with the assumptions, assumption that the tensions that presently exist between social, cultural, economic and political communities and their affiliated partisan is a common fact of contemporary multicultural societies. It also recognizes that parts 
of these complex communities are products of historical events in which processes of migration, colonialism, exile, and expulsion are intimately entangled. Thus, in this contemporary moment, rapid encroachment of outsiders has become a cause célèbre, raising alarm and anxiety for those who perceive themselves as natives. This perhaps creates the anxiety of disturbing nearness, the intimacy of being under siege by outsiders whose values are viewed to be at odds with the values of indigenous, including their symbolic and historical identities. It appears that our time is emblematized and equally traumatized by the collapse of distance. And with this collapse, difference become visible. Here we enter the zone of intense proximity, a form of disturbing nearness that unsettles as much as it exhilarating and transforms as much as it disquiets the coordinates of national cultural vectors. Between the displacement and the terrible or disturbing nearness, there's also the idea to find a place to live, to find a home. Within those exhibitions, Envisor that questions directly the position of the black diaspora to which he himself belongs. The African-American and African artists who were invited to show their work in Kassel are almost the same than those who were exhibited in Paris. In 10 years, the art world changed also thanks to the work of those artists as a critical function of their visual practices help to define new ways of reading the global context. But Envisor's recurrent ideas are still obsessing him, even if he is now a more than international curator who gave artists the opportunity and the freedom to use their tools to dismantle the master's house figured by the art market. But to, to dismantle here does not necessarily mean to destroy. In French, we often translate uh, uh, dismantle by détruire, which means destroy, but more to deconstruct in a manner which produces new understandings of the world we are living in. This is also why the house, the home, the building are forms, words, architectures, sculptures that help to represent the production of contemporary artists who work in revealing more than others the historical, philosophical, and artistic potentials they are immersed in. So, some are more than aware of their gesture. I presented just the David Hammond's House of the Future. Others occupy a more subaltern position and do in silence a very strong work. This of Beverly Buchanan, even if they are both uh, from the same generation. In spring uh, 2012, almost at the same time than the Paris Triennale, the Documenta 13 opened. In Cassel was presented the work of an African-American artist I then discovered. Theater Gates, born in 1973, who started a position at the Chicago University in 2006, uh, where he is now director of art and public life, and whose practice includes performance, sculpture, ceramics, installation, 
music and large-scale urban interventions, became in less than five years an international artist. He was at the Viet uh, Whitney Biennale in 2010. He is now represented by two commercial galleries, Kavi Gupma in Chicago and Berlin, and White Cube in London. Having perfectly understood the rules of the art system which could allow him to use its tools in order to be both critical and free, and bef but before presenting the Documenta main project, I will show some images and a very short interview of the artist explaining his process with the example of the called Dorchester Project, a project initiated in uh, 2009 in Chicago where he lives and uh, in a building which is located at 69th Street and Dorchester Avenue. Gates um, sought a home he could afford. He bought a former candy store for uh, $130,000 in the South Sides. I had in this information in a very interesting article published in After All in summer uh, 2012. In the South Sides Grand Crossing neighborhood, which um, with uh, only two miles from President Obama's house. It is a culturally neglected area where bordered windows are common and economic disadvantages is entrenched. Gates slowly renovo renovated the single-story structure, driven by pragmatism and an aesthetic that favors intensely ad hoc processes, carefully rendering salvaged materials into stunning tableaux. The house grew to combine a ceramic studio, a design lab, a rehearsal space, a residency and a communal kitchen for the expanding numbers of artists, performers and designers that Gates invited. And 18th century hand-carved Chinese doors abutted bowling lane floors and wear boards, uh, salvaged from the nearby uh, factory, where, um, the, the chewing gum factory, where they were used to dry chewing gums during its manufacture process. Se and those wearboards served as paneling, shelving, or, st or stools. The wearboards would later serve as the dominant material for cosmology of yard, his Whitney installation. Gates' house felt charged and a little bit irrational. A year after the housing crisis in 2008, he was trying to refinance his property. He had been saddled with an extortionate ghetto loan with a 14% interest rate and balanced the financial stability of his household with, with his uh, growing plans for the block. Real estate values had collapsed during the crisis and the adjacent three, um, three uh, story house became available in mid at, at, um, 209 for $1,600. Gates and a small team of artists and builders immediately um, uh, set forth on renovation for what he thought would be a soul food pavilion, part restaurant, part performance space. And after fully gutting the building, Gates received an offer from the University of Chicago's Department of Art History to provide a home to 80,000, uh, uh, um, 800, sorry, glass um, uh, slides encompassing the Western art historical canons. And this is on the small interview he is presenting these glass uh, slides. 
He reinforced the structure to support the weight of the slides and reconceived the building as home to bodies of knowledge that would made public as a neighborhood research center. He subsequently bought 1,400 art and architecture volumes from the Prairie Avenue bookshop and 80,000 LPs from a local record shop called Dr. Wax when the store closed. closed. So just to show, and I, I will come back to the images, but this is like the, the, the LPs. And then, uh, oh, and now I wanted to present. Uh, so let me. So I don't know if there's. Should there have sound? So this house is, um, in some ways, I think about it as being, you know, a house first, a two-story building that was meant to um, sleep people and have them live but also where they live with things, and they live with things in a really intentional way. We have a lot of timbers from old Chicago factories that have become part of the interiors. We have a lot of um, barn wood from uh, regional barns that were already on their way out. And then choosing to use those materials over other new materials, I think, has really added to the quality of the space. The thing that I was after was um, a way of um, doing a project that could embody um, you know, ambition and curiosity um, and uh, sexiness, you know. So this house contains the Prairie Avenue Bookstore archive. I'm going to use archive loosely. We're spending a lot of time now um, thinking about um, how to make sense of the collection. So this area here is a set of curated um, volumes. The second of the two collections is the Glass Lantern Slide Archive. It was a part of the University of Chicago's art history department. It grew over time. Uh, the canon was constantly added to until this, this form of um, uh, knowledge transference was obsolete. And I've been using them for performance and, and uh, display. There is some intentionality around um, economy and how economy works and uh, around hospitality. I get to ask with my neighbors, what does it mean for us to be generous to one another? And what does it mean for us to uh, share the abundance of generosity that we have with other people? Cooking is a big part of that, right? And so we'll spend a lot of time just hanging out and cooking for ourselves when feast isn't happening here. But then when Feast is, it's Dorchester's opportunity to kind of open up. And so we'll use this platform of Feast to not only stop at Dorchester, but then think too about um, all of the other sites where good food is being served on the south side. Okay, so he did not stop in Dorchester because he um, decided to bring part of uh, what was built in um, Chicago to Kassel for the Documenta. And then he, um, uh, he, he found this uh, building in the Friedrichstrasse uh, uh, 25 or 25 in Kassel. And then um, it was very interesting to, uh, uh, to see that during the 100 days of the Documenta, in, so in, um, two years ago, or last year, uh, events took place every day in the Huguenot House. And when referring to the renovation projects he is involved in, 
um, forgets his description of material and social transformation begins with his ceramics-based education. Uh, quote, my training, is in, um, my training is in ceramics. It feels really important to say for a person who really jumps into clay, you start to think differently. You start to think that you have the capacity to transform everything. Clay and its metaphor of transformation allowed me to imagine cities differently that I, I, as an artist, had the capacity to change zoning policies, buildings codes that hadn't been looked at in 100 years, change the psyche of a city around what a neighborhood represented. In a place that had been a crack field and where people imagined that there were, was only violence, I was really excited to transform people's ideas about what happened in spaces." End of quote. And these rooms, for, uh, you can see on the screen, um, uh, are rooms where the, like the, the people uh, who helped him to renovate uh, the, house, the building in, in um, uh, Kassel lived for a year. So when you would visit uh, the, the house or attend some of the events, uh, the, on the doors you would have like an uh, inscription saying this is private. So these rooms you could not enter, you could not visit the rooms where actually artists of performance or like the workers, uh, uh, they, 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 would, uh, they would sleep. Gates' methodology from ceramics to urban planning helped to understand how precise his process is and how his project, when more specifically linked to ceramics, leads again to a consideration of genealogy and construction of an ongoing history. In 2010, he's, he was invited to do a show at the Milwaukee Museum, and it was great to find with this project an example which goes so well along with what visualizing slavery would meant in that context. And um, I will present uh, like some minutes again of this um, of this project, which was which is called to speculate darkly, Theater Gates, and Dave the Potter, and um, it is very interesting because he, I mean, I, I I put the video on and then you will you will see because actually Dave the Potter uh, was um, uh, a slave who um, uh, did uh, uh, pottery and who signed his pots and who also wrote uh, poems or verses on the, on the, on the, on the pot. And so it's, it, it, um, it is very interesting to... And this will be my last example. This is made for Mrs. Jones. This was made for Mrs. Jones to kill the cat, bury the bone. I was born a slave and a dog. Long to my mama, lonely Jesus, 
I don't belong to y'all. My name is Dave. My name is Dave. My name goes here. My name goes there. My name is Dave. That's kind of how it started. After 12 years of trying, struggling to make good pots, struggling to find a way in a world filled with white craft potters, the ones most familiar were from a California school, Paul Sodner and Peter Volkus, folk like uh, Akio Takamori, and maybe a little further back, people like Bernard Leach and Shoji Hamada. There were all these great... I will just present the images, and it was interesting to, to listen to what he was saying. But anyway, he was just like telling that after having made all this research for 12 years, that he just wanted to find, uh, to, to find out if there, were, there was African-American uh, ceramist uh, in the history, and he, and he, and he just... Uh, uh, found that there was one, and that uh, he was uh, a slave, and that uh, his name was Dave, and he started to do a research on him, and then he 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 made this uh, exhibition presenting Dave the Potter's pots together with um, other images and other of his own production, and then the idea of archive, which was very present in our like. Um, uh, in the papers this, during these two days, uh, it's very interesting because in Seattle Gates you can also see that it is part of the uh, exhibition of the research, but also of the exhibition and the display. Uh, so this was like the view we had when it was cut, when the the, the video was cut. So it's also a possibility um, uh, to to present the taxonomy. I just visited the Pitt Rivers uh, Museum, like in a very short moment, just to go there, and it was interesting to see how the ceramics are presented also in the museum. And then uh, he, uh, as um, uh, Theater Gates, has also um, uh, a band which is called the Black Monks, and which is uh, mixing uh, Zen Buddhist. Um, uh, music and, and chants with gospel. And so he um, uh, was very interesting to present these uh, pots, the, the Dave the Potter pots. And just in a very uh, quick way, these were like what uh, Dave the Potter wrote on, the, on, on his pots. And, um, and, then, and, and for, the, for example, the, I found just one uh, article uh, which was very interesting, and 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 um, the title I would not read any quotes, but uh, the title of the of the article on Dave the Potter is "Eloquent Vessels: Poetics of Power: The Heroic Stoneware of Dave the Potter." And of course, the idea of poetics of power uh, uh, made me think of, uh, uh, about Audre Lorde's uh, uh, poetry and the way these structures she created could be read through this uh, idea of like freedom and protest. And so the, here are the, the pots of uh, Dave the Potter. And 
some images just to finish of uh, um, Gates' uh, own uh, work in poetry, in, uh, in ceramics. And um, it is uh, interesting to see that Gates is uncannily open about the relationship of his work to the market and about his strategies to translate the work's market value into impact on place beyond the art world. His efforts to reanimate abandoned properties for new cultural uses uh, came first. The sale of objects followed. The relationship is now fully cyclic cyclical and celebrated because all this, what you see on the screen, are objects he's selling in the commercial galleries. And after having had the, have the money, he's buying again, uh, like the houses or trying to restore the houses. And then I will, when I, I, I made this connection between um, Gates and, uh, and Dave, Dave the Potter, I tried to see if there were like something which could, I could find, like in, you know, which, were, which was published on this question because I didn't know anything about it. And then I found this, um, this, this quote, and which was very interesting because almost everything was like we were speaking about this these last two days. And then uh, uh, Shelley uh, Jarensky delighted and instructed African American challenges to primary aesthetics. So, uh, it, and it was published in March um, uh, 2013, so like two months ago. So I was very interested in the coincidence or having the possibility to imagine that this symposium is part of a really, um, uh, like a research uh, which is always renewed. And I think it is a very important uh, question. So thank you.